Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. True Hauntings is a frightfully good production. Built by Hans Tiedemann in 1881, Franklin Castle was supposed to be a dream home for an immigrant family who came to America to start a brand new and prosperous life. Instead, it quickly turned into a house of horrors. Franklin Castle may have had elegant turrets, brick red window frames, and it definitely looked like a magnificent home. But this Cleveland, Ohio mansion has a dark past, and today it's considered one of the most haunted houses in the United States. Rumours of strange happenings within the house started surfacing decades ago, and so did the sightings of ghosts. Visitors to the house have experienced doors opening and closing, disembodied voices echoing from empty rooms and items finding themselves in different places from where they were supposed to be. Witnesses swear to sightings of a woman in black and a young girl in white, believed to be the ghostly apparition of the wife and daughter of the original home owner, Hans Tiedemann. What actually happened behind the doors of this huge family home to make it so haunted? Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And we invite you to listen as we find out all the ghosts of Franklin Castle in this episode of the True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is true hauntings. 
Welcome to the studio for this week, Anne. How are you? I'm actually feeling mighty fine. We had a great night last night. We went out and saw the Buttsman live in Sydney and had a very nice meal at the pub and Mm -hmm. we did something social. I know. Very weird. And thank you to the Buttsman fans, (laughs) Buttsman fans, fans who came up and said, oh, we love you guys. Some of them may have been drunk, but that's okay. We love them anyway. (laughs) Yes. It's nice to get some recognition at the Ghost Granny is a part of the the team over there. Yes, yes. And uh, it was a ripper of a show. Um, Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was freaking. Can I just say how clever he is, the way he weaves that all together? Yeah. Very, very clever and naughty. And the thing is that people who do things very, very well make it look so goodness graciously easy when it's really not. No. It is really, really hard work. Um, but yes, so that that just goes to show the professionalism of these people who just go out there and yeah, face terror. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's and terrifying. Now, now, Renata, you've you've organised a special night out for the two of us. I do believe. Yes, yes, we are going to spend um, a night at a romantic resort. getaway. <laughs> Please don't. They don't have two separate beds, so we're in trouble. <laughs> oh no. Um, yes, it's just a night um, away. Um, from, and how, from how the, did we get it? Uh, my husband won um, a, a night stay, yep, so he. Uh, they has, actually won two nights. Yes, so, so. He, he's he's donated one to us. Yes, because uh, he, he thinks we need time away. <laughs> we do, but what are we doing while we're there? We're going to be doing our normal tarot show. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're going, going to be, be working. And you're going to be doing reading. Yes, so, yeah. Uh, but it will be somewhere different, which will be appreciated. Yes. And um, apparently breakfast is included, so oh, I'm so excited. Anchorage Port Stephens, here we come. Mm, oh. Can't wait. And our trip now is five weeks away. Yes. And because we have our tickets, I said last time, and I was listening to the podcast replay, I said when the tickets have been purchased, we can announce. Oh, okay. So we can announce okay. where we're going. Okay, go okay. for it. You go. You know, no, 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 you go. Yeah, you No, you do it. All right, we're going to New Zealand. <laughs> Woohoo! We're going to the North Island. So we're flying into Auckland and we're going to be staying at a lovely little guest house called the Lady Bowen Guest House. Uh, hi, Barb. And that is reportedly reportedly haunted. So we've got two nights there. The first night we're arriving really late. So we're going to just crash and burn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then the next night we're actually going to do an investigation. Yes. And. and uh, we're trying to get into Napier Prison. Mm-hmm. We'll visit there one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take Renata to Rotorua because she's never been to the stinky town. <laughs> and <laughs> they've got thermal springs. Now, Renata, I'm setting you a challenge. Oh, no. I want you to take your swimmers. Oh, no. Yes, no, no. I, don't, I don't have any. Well, that's okay. I'll loan you some. You oh. can just know that that crotch has been on my crotch. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Uh, but they have a place where you can go and sit in the thermal waters of the pool in a private enclosed room. Oh, cool. Okay. I won't do it with you with no swimmers on. I'm okay. telling you now, right. you've okay. got to have some swimmers right. or a T-shirt and knickers or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But whatever you wear in, just be aware that uh, it can rot your clothing. So <laughs> God knows what it's doing to our skin. Okay. Uh, but it's beautiful. Okay. It's healing for mother. We need some healing. Oh, we do. Yeah. So we, we will book that little private room. We might take the GoPro in and film from the neck up. <laughs> 
But it will be part of the Frightfully Good Anne and Renata Misadventures, which mm-hmm. you can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, Hobbiton. Yes. Yep. Um, and we're going we're going to forests yeah. because the forests over there don't have anything that will kill you. <laughs> what they do in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we can hug a tree safely there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, all right. Five weeks away. Five weeks, which will probably be three. (coughs) Sorry, three weeks for you guys when you hear this. I've just put some incense on in this room and it's making my asthma kick off. My cough is much better for all those people who have been concerned that I'm dying. Oh, I mean, we're all dying, but I'm not dying this week. (laughs) Happy freaking thoughts. This story is actually going to air. And so this one is just before Halloween. Yeah. Maybe. It's two weeks today, whatever that is. So that would be uh, add 14 to this. What's 7 plus 14? 21. So it's still a week and a, a bit week, away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We need to do a Halloween special then. Oh, okay. Um, we can yes. do that. Yes. So, and this was an intriguing story. Um, and, of course, I'm going to tell everyone that I am sticking to what I found is reported to people yes. about the history of this place. So that that was my my task here. Um, I found it very challenging because it was very disheartening. But I'm going to go with what is presented. Can we, can we not go too far no, no, down that I'm, rabbit hole I'm, just I'm, yet? Yeah, I'm, it was hard. Please so. listen to the end on this one. Yeah, please because, do. Um, please do. Hmm, it's an eye opener. It is. Shall yeah. we get on with it? Yes, let's. Back in 1860, a rich German immigrant, Hans Tiedemann and his wife, Louise, built a large home on Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland. The Tiedemann spared no expense building their home. Mr Tiedemann, a bank executive, presided over his business with an iron fist. It was rumoured that he governed his family in much the same way. In 1881, his daughter Emma died from diabetes, though it was whispered she was actually murdered by her abusive father. Stories also say that Emma was possibly insane or promiscuous, sometimes one in the same back in those days. Two months later, Hans Tiedemann's aged mother, Rebecca, died at the Franklin Castle, likely of a broken heart. In 1883, tragedy struck the family again with the deaths of three more children. All died within a week of one another and were buried at the family plot at Riverside Cemetery. It was whispered that Hans had a hand in their demise. To deal with the grief, Louise busied herself by remodelling their home, adding secret passages, a turret, and a ballroom on the fourth floor, and even had her children's faces carved in stone and placed as guardians to watch over the front entrance. The house now resembled a castle. During that time, Hans Tiedemann took a mistress. Rachel, a serving girl in the house, became the object of Mr Tiedemann's affections. She remained so until another beau entered the picture. She and her new gentleman suitor were soon engaged, and on the wedding day, 
Rachel made the mistake of refusing Mr. Tiedemann's advances. This she paid for with her life. Legend says that Hans Tiedemann strangled her in a secret passage that surrounds the ballroom but made it look like a suicidal hanging. Another story relates that Hans Tiedemann caught his niece, a girl named Karen, in bed with his grandson. In a fit of rage, he drew a gun and shot the girl dead. This too, he made to look like suicide. In 1895, Louise Tiedemann drank herself to death. Within the year, Hans Tiedemann returned to Germany, became reacquainted with a waitress named Henrietta, and returned with her as his new bride. He abruptly sold Franklin and moved with Henrietta to an identical home he'd built in Lakewood. The new marriage was a disaster, and Henrietta divorced the overbearing man, leaving him to spend his remaining years alone. She'd inherit nothing from his estate, leaving him without any heirs. Two years later, while walking in the park one Sunday morning in January, Hans Tiedemann suddenly dropped dead. His death was from a stroke, but many suspected it was the hand of God himself that struck down Hans Tiedemann for the wicked deeds he'd committed in his long, horrible life. Well, thank you for that, Anne, but now you have read three quarters of my oh, yeah, uh, no, whole You're thing. welcome. I'm getting revenge. So I have nothing more to add. <laughs> You're going to have there to is, take over and tell the rest. There is a lot more. No, but I mean, I've just touched on a few things there. Oh, you've touched on everything. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing. <laughs> I'm so terrible, <laughs> I can see. I can <laughs> <laughs> I can see you rocking back and forth. I'm thinking, oh, no. uh-oh, what have I done? <laughs> oh boy! All right, no, let's 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 go into it now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because there's more than the Tiedemans that were there. There was a lot more than just the Tiedemans. All right, well, okay. Touch on it all again, Renata. I'll, I'll, touch it, I'll, touch I'll... it. <laughs> I've got 14 pages of notes, so please feel free to just touch lightly. That that gives me five minutes. Right, okay. Now you know how I feel. When you do these ghost stories. (laughs) (laughs) There's bloodshed in the the, uh, office today. (laughs) Or the studio, sorry, the studio. Okay, all right. I'm going to do my best. Also, we've got the dogs in the room, so we're hoping the dog bomb doesn't go off partway through this. (laughs) All right. So, Hans Tiedemann was born in Prussia and he... See, that's something I didn't mention. (laughs) Well done. We're off to a good start. Keep going. The people are listening. And he emigrated from Germany to New York in 1848 with his whole family. So he took his mother, (coughs) Rebecca, and his brothers, Klaus and Ludwig, and his sisters... that with such sexiness, Renata. Katarina, Rebecca Elise, and Louise. I can see your husband listening to this and getting some enjoyment out of it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. And by 1850, Tiedemann had worked uh, in men... And this is the thing, they didn't start off as a wealthy, wealthy family. 
Tiedemann had a whole lot of different jobs that he did. <coughs> so he worked as a barrel maker and then uh, he was relocated to Royalton, Ohio. He moved to Cleveland around 1855, so that's five years later, and he worked as a clerk for Babcock and Hurd, who were a wholesale grocer business. Now, he actually resided in Bennett Forest City House, which was just a rooming house at Cleveland's public square. So at this point in time, he was just making ends meet. Yeah. He moved forward within that wholesale grocer business and started to make money. And he kind of accumulated, he was pretty good at saving, so he, he accumulated a bit of a, uh, a fortune himself by becoming a wholesale grocer. And then he moved into being a co-founder of the Union Banking and Savings Company. Now, this is where he had money. And he decided to invest that into two properties. So one of the properties was actually called Stone House. And he also built <coughs> the property that we are talking about, which is Franklin House, uh, which was named after the street that it was built on, Franklin Boulevard. And it was in a ritzy part of Cleveland, a very well-to-do part of Cleveland. So here we have a family of German immigrants <coughs> that have come to America to make their fortune, to give the family a good life and a good start because America welcomed people from all over the world with open arms. The land of milk and honey. The land of milk and honey. And um, he made good. Yeah. Um, now, he wanted a house that was big enough for the whole family and large enough so that any other German immigrants that were coming in could have somewhere to stay, could have somewhere to start their own journey. And so he uh, organised a prestigious firm from Cleveland, Cadell and Richardson, to decide to sorry design a four-storey, 20-room mansion. And this is why this particular house started to look and be like it was. So this is the basis. This is the kind of the, the groundwork. He wanted this to be a place where German immigrants could come and start their life. Now, apparently the Tiedemanns spent no expense on this home. Yeah, it was. It started to look like a castle. It had turrets, all of this sort of stuff, made it really, really nice and beautiful. And as you said, in 1881, his daughter Emma died from diabetes, allegedly. But there were whispers around the town that she was actually murdered by her abusive husband. Now, these whispers go back to people who had dealings with Tiedemann as he was accumulating his money and he was known to be someone who ruled the roost. He didn't want anyone interfering. He had plans of how this was going to be done and that was the only way that things could be done in Sounds his eyes. very German. Mm. <laughs> so people may have misunderstood how he processed and delivered information. In, he was German. 
He came from German heritage. They do do things very differently. Uh, and you know, maybe people did misunderstand him. But apparently he had a temper if his wishes were gone against. So there are other stories that Emma was possibly insane and so she was kept in the background or that she was very promiscuous. So possibly she was retaliating against her father's iron fist mm-hmm. um, or against how he treated her. Would you call that loose lips but not gossip? Uh, well. <laughs> Don't know. Don't I, don't, know. I think that's just done a 747 straight past her head. Mm. Mm. So um, then very, very soon after that, um, Tiedemann's mother, Rebecca, died at Franklin. Oh, by the way, we're not saying this with a, a speech impediment. It's actually um, spelt with a, a W, yeah. isn't it? Rebecca. We, or Vibecca, because mm-hmm. sometimes in German yeah, they turn the W mm-hmm. to V, so Vibecca, yeah. which sounds like Rebecca in it. Yeah. In, the English yeah. language. And apparently she died from a broken heart. Oh, darling. Now in 1883, so we've had two deaths very, very close together in 1883. Um, there were three more children who died. Now, all of them died within a week of one another, and they're all buried in the family plot at Riverside Cemetery. Not so, at all suspicious. So is you've it? had kind of five deaths. Five deaths, yeah. In a short period of time. In a very short period of time. And, of course, the whispers around the The town. The elite. (laughs) They they don't whisper. The elite don't whisper. No, No, the rich don't whisper. Oh, no. And gossip, no. They wouldn't debase themselves Uh, to that level. No. They started to whisper about what was going on. (gasps) What's going on over there? So many people are dying. Yes. Now, Louise, Louisa, the um, Hans... So Hans's wife. Hans? She was. She <laughs> Shout was, out to Steve. <coughs> Hans. <laughs> she was in absolute grief. Everyone that was the closest to her had died, and she was left, you know, with her husband. And so Hans wanted to cheer her up, and he would spend and throw lots of money at remodeling the house. Apparently, they created a ballroom from one whole floor. Oh wow! And that was um, must to, be big balls. That was on the fourth floor of the mansion, and that was to cheer her up. He decorated the place with towers, gargoyles. Big balls would cheer you up if you were in grief. Stop. (laughs) And um, he even had the children's faces carved in stone and placed as guardians to watch around the front of the entrance. So, this is where the, the gargoyles allegedly that were there. Oh, yes. So, this place really started to resemble a castle. Now, when we listen to that bit of this story, what does it remind you of? Um, Rooms being built, the house being extended for absolutely no reason. Oh, it's, it's, oh yes. Um, the, the, the one up north of LA that we wanted, Winchester. The Winchester house. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like the Winchester house? Oh, it does. A woman in grief. Building rooms. Building rooms, losing herself in those rooms. Now, apparently, um, there is a legend that Louisa used these rooms to hide from her abusive husband. Oh. Now, in between time, apparently Hans had several love affairs to take away from his grief. Wandering Willie. And to take away from the fact that, you know, his wife was really nowhere to be seen in this house that he specifically built for her. 
He was looking for her with his wandering willy, but had yeah. to go and find something else. And allegedly he also forced women to have sex with him and didn't even shy away from murder if it was required. <sighs> now, he also took a mistress whose name was Rachel. Now, she was a servant girl in the house and he, she really became the object of his affections. Now, she remained within the house and earning money and doing what needed to be done to please Hans until she actually found a bow herself. Yes. And her bow then said, look, no, I need to get you out of here. I'll take you away from this, my darling. I want you to be here. Let's be with me. Let's get engaged. I don't mind you're a soiled dove to your master. I will take you. Don't you roll your eyes at me. And so they got engaged and on the day of her wedding, apparently Hans still made advancements towards her and she refused him. Fancy that. Mm. So legend has it that Hans strangled her in a secret passage that surrounds the ballroom and he made it look like a suicidal hanging. Now there's another story that tells that Hans caught his niece, a girl named Karen, in bed with his grandson and in a fit of rage, he drew a gun and he shot the girl dead. Now, he made this look like a suicide as well. Mm, horrible man, isn't he? Yeah. In 1895, so it's been quite a few years, right? So, you know, the, the Tiedemans were still together for quite some time as all of this was going on. Uh, Louise seemed to have had enough of all of this. She dropped into alcoholism and she drank herself to death. And within a year, Hans had returned to Germany. Um, he became reacquainted with a waitress yes. who was named Henrietta. Hello, Henrietta. <laughs> and he returned with her as his new bride. He sold Franklin Castle and he moved in with Henrietta to the Stone House. Jeez, this is sounding familiar. In Lakewood. Now, the marriage was a disaster and Henrietta divorced him. Oh, wicked uh, man. Leaving stand it. him to spend the remaining years that of his life alone. Now, she was punished. She didn't inherit anything from his estate. And in 1906, Hans Tiedemann's last surviving child, a son named August, August. died, yep. leaving him without any heirs. <clears throat> And that's when two years later, as you said, I'm repeating what you said. Well, so this that's just all proves I've got left. We do not compare notes no, before no. we start and this. And we do that specifically. Yep. Um, he died from a stroke, and there were many people in the area that gave thanks to God. Yes. To this heinous, heinous monster. The karma bus took him out. Mm hmm. So the next owner of Franklin Castle was a brewer from Buffalo named Mühlhauser. Again, the German vein, and he rented the house with his widowed sister and their children, and they lived there until 1921. They sold the house to the German Socialist Party. Now, in the hundred years that followed, the house had many owners and several different uses, and for 47 of those years, 1921 to 1968, the house was known as Eintracht Hall. Oh. And it was the home of the German-American League for Culture, which was an ethnic cultural organisation. But in its early years, it was also involved in political causes. And in the latter years, it was a German singing club. I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think during the war years it would have been appropriate for any political causes to mm-hmm. be raised at all. No. So a German singing club sounds fabulous. Fabulous, yes. And it's during this period that some of these wild stories emerged. Mm. Fancy that. Oh. During the war years. During the war years against the Germans. Yes, the so German social club all of a sudden is the the, nefarious. Yes, yes. It is the epicentre of spies the Nazi spies that were coming in during World War II and that there was a giant radio antenna placed on top of one of the turrets. Yes, it was inside the spire. It was hidden so nobody would know. Mm -hmm. There were also stories about illegal liquor production and rum running during the Prohibition. Did I ever tell you that I've been to Beaver Liquor Store? Yes. Oh, (laughs) yes. Right. Um, Yes, run rumming during the Prohibition and a mass execution with dozens of people gunned down in a secret room. This is a whole lot of stories pulled together. I've heard all of this in other stories that I we've know. done. I know, right? This is, this is ridiculous. How convenient. Mm. So, also, hidden tunnels discovered under the house, yeah. many of them. Um, some of them were believed to be an underground railroad, uh, leading to underground railroads where they were used to smuggle liquor. And the socialists owned the house until 1967 when it was sold to the Romano family. I just realised I've been to the Beaver Liquor Store and the Muff Liquor Store. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that moment of glory. Now, in 1968 to 1974... The house was a residence of a family who claimed that it was haunted. So hauntings and theories and news of hauntings came through in 1968 by a family that was living there. Now, according to newspaper accounts, one of the owners said that she was warned. Was this the Romano family? Yep. Yep. She was warned that the house was evil and that she should move out. Oh, well, that's it. If psychics said that, we all know that. Well, we don't know who said it, but she was warned. Who's going to tell her? (laughs) Mrs. Mrs. Romano and her husband, they purchased the house because they wanted to turn it into a restaurant. Yes. They wanted to make money, a pizza pizza and spaghetti place. Oh, I would have gone. I would have too. In a heartbeat. Mm. Stuff the carbs. Mm. So you've got the Italians now moving into what was the German (gasps) zone. Oh, We could have pretzels and pizza and beer. uh, This didn't happen. So on the day they moved out, two of the Romano children came down from the third floor and they asked their mother if they could have a cookie for their friend. Friend? (gasps) Yeah, there was a little girl all dressed in white and she was crying upstairs. Oh, darling, she needs a cookie. So Mrs Romano went upstairs and she didn't find anyone, packed her bags and went, we're out of here. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Forget it. (laughs) Now, also during this time, something really weird happened. There was a strange fire on the property. And in 1970, the Cleveland Police and Cleveland Fire Department had to to respond to a fire that was on... um, going on within the Mm -hmm. Franklin Castle. So they found a man in there that was wandering around setting a light, a fire in each of the rooms. And this was really weird. This was totally unexpected. He kind of didn't have a reasoning for it. He, I think he was naked or had very <gasps> oh, few clothes on. He was I didn't find very, this story. very mentally unwell. And when he was asked why... He should do such a thing. And what was his connection to the house? He said, I have no connection to the house. 
I just need to burn this house down because it is pure evil. The voices in my head told me to do it. And, of course, this went into the local newspaper. Of course it did. Mm. Yes. Now, in 1974, the family moved out and the house was taken over by someone who then started to offer public tours of Haunted Franklin House. Let's use this story and let's make some money. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Then in 1985, a gentleman called Michael Davinko purchased the house and he spent a large sum of money restoring it. Now, Davinko was a stage name for Mickey Deans, who was the late husband of Judy Garland. Oh. Now, he lived in the house for over a decade. Now, Judy... Was it the husband of the late Judy Garland, not the late husband of the... Oh, the last husband, sorry. <laughs> last. The last husband, <laughs> last husband of Judy Garland. Now, Judy Garland was... Somewhere a, a very, very... Toto, don't poop on that. Difficult and traumatised woman she herself. Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, so this would have been... Quite difficult to live with. Uh, so I wonder how much of that energy drifted into the house and what Mickey was trying to do. Anyway, he sold the house in 1999 and apparently it was torched again. Oh, so there no. were two fires and this caused substantial damage to the house. Now, a, a new owner came in, again, through a lot of money at repairs, but it was in that time of recession so he could not complete what he had tried to do for the house. And the house was purchased again uh, in 2011 by another European couple. Um, and it's kind of had this weird history even up to this point. And from what I understand now, uh, it is now a um, private residence. You mm. can't go in. You can't mm. investigate. I but think Ghost Adventures did. Yeah, I think some people are allowed to go in and yeah. do some sort of investigation. I, I'm sure they would be throwing a lot of money at the family to do so. Yeah. Um, because that would be, you know, that, that would lure people out of the woodwork to stand in front of the house and gawk at it and knock at the front door and go, can I come in? Well, funny you should mention that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at this point time, at this point in time, I am now <coughs> going to throw it to you. Awesome. Well, hang on to your knickers because this is a bloody big rabbit hole. You ready? I am ready. I am. You are ready. I'm All ready. right. <laughs> so, hit me. We, we did with just your go rhythm and... stick. Hit me. <laughs> oh, boy. Hit me. I'm going to be hitting you with a cudgel on this one. Um, so, the more I researched this, the more depressed I got. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually ended up reading a whole book in a day. It was 270-something pages in one day because it was just so well-researched, and mm. that was Haunted Franklin Castle by William now K-R-E-J-C-I, Kretschy, and John Myers. Mm. Um and I, I did all the normal research online, and, you know, you, you find all those stories um, about – uh, children mysteriously dying three in a short period of time. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But then uh, this these lovely people have delved into the actual history and researched the records, mm -hmm. as some allegedly other people had as well, mm -hmm. but uh, seemingly mm -hmm. came up with different stories. Mm -hmm. <sighs> now, what you read in the soundscape is very, very similar to Anything Every story you find that is associated with haunted Franklin yes. Castle. Yes. So the the haunted side of things is very similar 
um, to this tragedy-laden, um, severely um, maniacal, narcissistic, sociopathic family um, patriarch who, mm. you know, just seem, seemingly destroyed the, the family for wealth. Yeah. Uh, and there was one other thing that you uh, didn't do in your part, which I just need to mention in my part, was that they found a skeleton uh, walled up in oh, the, the walls. Really? Yes. Really? Yes, they did. Okay. But, Is there any evidence of that? Um, Apparently, but I will explain that as I, I go. So what I'm going to now do is I'm really going to delve into the uh, original owners, the Tiedemanns, mm-hmm. and look at the story and unpack it. Unpack it. I'm going to unpack. Have we got a safe container? Probably not. <laughs> I'd say that it's a safe container. You have, must have a safe container if you unpack it. Haven't, haven't you? No. Oh, that's the new go go I'm to words. Woke. I'm not woke. When you're doing, you know, um, coaching. F- it's a coaching. Safe container. It's a safe container. What we're, is it? We're creating a safe container. I don't even know what that means. It's something like a Tupperware party or something. Does it just mean a safe place to talk? That's correct. Oh, jeez. Just say that then. No, you can't. That's 1980s. You have to do 2022 well, talk. I'm that old. <laughs> All right. We've screwed Let me get back, right? <laughs> yes. So, first off, uh, they built the house. Yep. Yeah. Um, Tick. They uh, did bring people out from uh, Germany that they wanted to help. And there were young ladies that came out and they boarded them and they um, taught them and helped them get established. Um, And there was like one here, Christine, came to live with them for a few years and she was um, became a helper in the house and was not a servant, but Mm -hmm. she was somebody who helped around the the, house to help pay for Mm. her being there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is where we get some of these women that may have been, you know, his sex slaves or whatever it was. Yes. And Um, look, if you're looking over the fence line as as the um, interested observer... Neighbor, <laughs> no uh, neighbors did that, did they? No. You could, if you saw all these women coming in, it would have been like a little brothel being set up. Yeah, it would look like that. Yeah, yeah. particularly those foreigners, because you just never know. Well, I married one, so I can attest to that. Um, so then he also became a mason, so he became part of the Masonic Order. So you know what that means? There's going to be symbolism and things mm-hmm. all around the castle. Mm-hmm. Um. And Rebecca did pass away not even three months after the daughter Emma. Emma died from diabetes. Now, in those days, there was no way to handle diabetes. The fact that she made it to 15 was wow, pretty amazing. So, um, and they said that, you know, the, the grandma died of a broken heart in the house. But in actual fact, she died of old age and ill health. In her daughter Katharina's house, where she had resided for the last eight years. Right. So, so she, she wasn't didn't, even there. Wasn't even there. Okay. Now, one of the things that um, could have lent to rumours of hauntings was that it was a quite a deep winter and the ground was frozen mm-hmm. and they couldn't bury them for two months. Oh. So they had to lay in probably a, a basement somewhere until they were able to um, mm-hmm. dig into the ground and bury them. 
All right, so there is lots and lots of rumours of secret passages and rooms and all that sort of stuff within the house. Now, there were access passages, mm-hmm. like there was um, an access to the musician's gallery and a passage that ran the length of the ballroom, which was used for storage. Because if you look at these beautiful homes, you mm-hmm. don't see clutter everywhere. Mm-hmm. Unlike us who have no storage, mm-hmm. no grand rooms, no secret passages to hide your shit, mm-hmm. it's all got to be out <laughs> in public. <laughs> It's true. It is true. So what they do to make it look like it was neat and tidy was they had to have these storage areas. There was nothing secretive about it. There was doorways that were in play view that you could see these passages. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But there will be a reason why we think they become secret later on. Uh, There was also a trap door off one of the guest bedrooms. Um, Sorry, there was a, uh, off the guest bedroom, there was two more passageways and a door that leads back into the cloakroom. Now, they would carefully hide these little trap doors and things. There'd be a shallow passage running between the third and the fourth floor. And then it goes out into a wider room. Now, the reason why they did that was to store visitors' trunks. Because in those days, you would travel with large trunks. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't want your trunk sitting out there. The servants would go and place the trunk in the storage area Mm -hmm. and they would bring out what you need. Mm -hmm. Once again, it wasn't made as secret passages. 
there was also rumours that the gargoyles or the features the um, uh, carved into the castle. You were that of the children. Because of the grief of Mrs. Tiedemann that she um, put them up as uh, guardians of the castle. Yes. In actual fact, during that era... It was very popular to have gargoyles and things carved into your house, mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why there wasn't many other homes in the area is because they couldn't afford to do it. Mm-hmm. These people were that wealthy. Mm-hmm. Now that would have pissed people off. No that would have. Yeah. <clears throat> what uh, are they doing that for, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that ugly thing there? That's that's foreign. That isn't American at all. No, no. Now, look, let's go on to the three infant children that died within a week. Yes. Wow. They did? They didn't? They didn't. Oh. They did have um, some bad luck with children dying, but it was of natural causes. Mm -hmm. And they didn't die within a week. They died over a period of time. Uh, and they weren't in the same area as the family plot. So in 1883, they exhumed the body of the three the bodies of the three children, brought them over to the family plot mm-hmm. where they would all eventually be buried mm-hmm. as one family, and then put a little concrete monument over the top of it to say "Here lies the." And it was carved onto the back of one of the headstones, apparently mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So. If you went and looked at the records, you would see that the three bodies were interred in one week. Mm -hmm. But that was because they were slowly being removed and brought Ah. over. Uh, So, no, they did not all die Mm -hmm. in a week. Mm -hmm. Now, poor old Hans, I do feel sorry for this man because after reading about him, he was a decent human being. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's many stories that have been spawned and uh, they paint him as a monstrous human being. Uh, and, you know, the three infant children, and, and that, of course, has now become a sinister thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But fancy, and, and I mean, people f- um, have this all the time. Uh, if there's a, a news thing about it too, people are really, really quick to throw mud. Oh, yes. You know, at things that they don't know. And look, there's times where I've seen something suspicious and I've got, oh, I wonder if blah, 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 yes. blah. Yeah. Yeah. Now, somebody who went and said that out loud in a public situation, mm-hmm. that then becomes mm. a fact mm-hmm. and it runs amok. So but what I'll, does it do to the to the mental state of that poor person that's oh, the, you know, the victim here? And like these people, they, they did lose <clears throat> these children. They yes. did die. So yep. there is heartache there. Um, yeah, so they died over a 10-year period. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah. that's a lot different than in a week of each other. Yeah. Uh, other tales have us uh, tell us that Hans was responsible for killing a servant girl and a secret lover named Rachel, as well as his niece named Karen. Mm-hmm. These people never existed. Mm-hmm. Karen is a really weird name. Well, I've got an explanation of, of, for Karen later on. <laughs> for German origin. I don't know, in the 1800s. Karen. Karen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they did have many nieces and things like that, but there was nobody named Karen. <laughs> Sorry, Karen, we do love you. If we've got a, one of our volleys is yeah, Karen. We do love you, Karen. Uh, and I'm really sorry that she is um, suffering <laughs> with the Karen reputation at the moment. Uh, so then we have um, a death in the family, and this is own death in the house whilst the Tiedemans were there, and that was Hans's wife. 
Mm-hmm. Um, was she an alcoholic? Oh, I can't remember. I'll see if I've got that further in my notes. But I mean, after losing that many children, yeah, I, I, yeah, I and, can see her turning to drink. And look, all all women did back in those days. Just like you mentioned, the diabetes, just there, a little there, bit of sherry. There were things that uh, would have occurred in those early years where women would lose their children at yeah. birth, um, and women would die during birth as well. Yep, yep. She may have had massive. Um, um, postpartum depression yeah. as well. Yeah, trauma everywhere. Mm. I like what they said in the book. They said the true legacy of Franklin Castle is sadness. Yeah. With that many deaths. Um, and not only did the wife suffer, but Hans did as well because he loved his family. He was actually a well-respected businessman. Uh, but the legacy that now been left behind is this horrid ghost story. Horror. Absolute horror. And then to finish it off, you know, God struck him down personally yeah. um, when he was going for a stroll. Uh, no, he actually died in his home at Lakewood not and not from a stroke. And they said that his marriage ended to Henrietta and that she got nothing. Also untrue. They were married to the very end and he left her $50,000. Wow. So it's all absolute bull dust. Poop. So, wow, we've uh, we haven't had a story where we have found every single aspect of that story just rubbish like this. Yep. Now, um, you then went on and said that we had Carl Strange Strang, Strang, Strangman um, bought the house in 1897. It actually wasn't him that bought the house. It was the sisters that bought the house. Well, women weren't supposed to have property no, back then. I know. So she bought it, then the Socialist Party. Now, it actually wasn't the Socialist Party that bought it. It was a doctor named Ulysses Sherman Leroy Shirky. How's that for a humdinger name? What? <sighs> Yep. Uh, And his son started up an auto repair company in the carriage house behind the castle. It was such a a huge area that they could work on multiple vehicles at the one time. And underneath the where they could work, they had some trap doors which allowed them to work underneath the vehicles Mm -hmm, without mm -hmm. being cramped. Mm. Guess what that became? An alleged secret passage. Mm-mm. Down to the um, tunnels. Didn't we say tunnels to yep. a, a railroad system? It did have a short tunnel for storing tools. Mm-hmm. But a railway, the railroad um, thing sounds so much more exciting, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. Now, we do have the first report of paranormal activity around this time by Leroy Shirky's wife, Edna. Yep. So Edna said that uh, things would constantly move around on their own and that blankets would be pulled off their beds in the middle of the night. So that in, is in itself interesting because that phenomena comes back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, then it became a place where people um, of the same heritage and uh, interests came to meet and they found comfort socialising with people of their own background, language and customs. And we have that here in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I met my husband at one of those places, mm-hmm. the Polish community, mm-hmm. where you'd come together and celebrate things you celebrated in your own country yep. and eat the food of your country and drink yep. vodka and get drunk and yep. vomit everywhere. Yep. Um, am I going too far? Yes, you are. <laughs> so it was a cultural club. Yeah, it was a mm. cultural club. Uh, But as we said, it was during the war and there was now hatred of the Germans. So that's where all the rumours started to happen. And, I mean, you don't know. 
things could have gone down there, it, mm-hmm. it, but it was a safe place for them. So during this time, the it became the private clubhouse for German-Americans and they started to do major alterations. The dry storage room was sealed off and made it only accessible by removing a piece of wainscot. And uh, the door where the servants parlor had been was covered up. Um, they did make secret rooms. You know why? Why? Because they'll make an alcohol. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that potato vodka. Yep. Uh, they. Uh, oh, it had to be beer, I reckon. The Germans. Uh, so they did do a lot of that to make security rooms and places that only the people in the know could get to because. They it was prohibition. There was mm-hmm. no alcohol allowed, mm-hmm. and they did something about it. Good mm-hmm. on them, I reckon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, the suspicion. You've got the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, the Second World War on top of the First World World War, and everyone around was wondering what are these German Americans doing inside this castle? So mm-hmm. let's make stuff up. Yeah. Um, they also talk about a cage door lock and buzzer installed on the landing between the second and the third to limit access. <laughs> and there was a lengthy bar made in there. Big bar. Big bar. Uh, and finally, the house was completely wired up with electrical lights and they ran these um, electrics through the tubing from the old gas lines and the gas well was filled in. Now, there was rumours of furniture being left in the house in secret rooms. But we'll come back to that later. Okay. All right. Rumours of the tunnel and the carriage house being used to smuggle liquor on the property from the Whiskey Island seems doubtful as that tunnel was not long enough. Then they talk about all the different clubs that were there, but I love the singing club. During the whole time that they were there, they, they uh, interviewed people that were children that had visited. Mm-hmm. No ghosts reported. Nothing. Now, at this stage, we do have another death that happened uh, on the property, and that was the gardener, Jacob Enns, uh, in 1943. Now, it was damaged during a storm and tornado, and then in the 1950s, it was probably looking a little bit run down at this stage, teenagers would start to dare each other to go into the house because Mm -hmm. it was looking spooky. And um, there was one person called Damasa who said a friend were, they and a friend were escorting two young ladies past the castle and tried to get them to approach it. Both girls boldly stated the house was haunted and that neither of them wanted anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. So this is just pure hearsay. Mm Mm-hmm. It looks spooky, so let's claim it's haunted. Yep. Now we have the Romanos that come in uh, and they do report that two of the children came down from the third floor asking about the cookie for their friend. Uh, this mm. is a true story. Mm-hmm. This is something, and I saw an interview with these two people and they believe it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also talking about Jimmy Romano um, who... Uh, was very close to the dumb waiter because they used to have a dumb waiter there, and they. Um, oh no, I've I've got that muddled up with something else. No, but it, they were just talking about the dumb waiter and the incident with the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right, let me find the next bit. Oh, that's right. There were Dee Dee is one of the the children that lived there. She said to offer to go and call the little girl's mother for her, and uh, the little girl said that she couldn't. When she asked why, all the little girl would say was that her mother wouldn't come and get her. Mm-hmm. So that's an intelligent 
mm-hmm. haunting, mm. if there's one there. Uh, Jimmy recalled that the girl was a lot like having an imaginary friend. That's another one of the children. And he wasn't imagined. As the Romano children grew older, they realised that seeing the little girl wasn't a normal thing. And gradually, they became more and more afraid when they'd see her. And then the girl stopped appearing altogether. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit sad, actually. So they found another uh, private room tearing out the old floor. Um, they removed the old floorboards and found sandy dirt underneath. And then part of the uh, stairwell fell on them and they discovered another room, which was the dry storage room. Mm-hmm. Once again, these are all these places that were walled up to hide stuff. But they did find a room mm-hmm. that still had stuff in it. And they found some antique liquor bottles. They found furniture from the uh, Eintracht Club. And uh, they also found an old rocking chair. Now, all of this stuff was all put up for auction. And apparently whoever bought the rocking chair sent it back pretty quickly, claiming it was haunted. So Interesting. Is it? Is it? It was believed that it was uh, Luis... Uh, Louise, Louise's um, favorite, rocking chair. Favourite rocking of chair. Of course. Rocking chair. Now, she yes. was the mum. Yeah. Yeah, they also found uh, volumes of The Echo, a renowned, renowned German socialist uh, magazine, and also a large oil portrait of Karl Marx. Okay. <laughs> uh, they also found minutes of meetings, and when they read through them, they discovered there was an entry making reference to a radio tower atop the turret. And hence the reason why they became Nazis all Mm -hmm, of a sudden. mm -hmm. They might have just been trying to get German radio to Mm -hmm, listen. mm -hmm. Who knows? But of course. Now, remember we had the blanket story. Yes. Uh, Well, Mrs. Romano's sons from another marriage uh, were chased from the home after their blankets were torn from their beds one night. Now, that doesn't sound to me like they were chased. That just sounds like they were freaked out and maybe ran out. Yeah. (sighs) Now, uh, word started to spread about the fact that it was a haunted house and, of course, the newspapers come sniffing around. Uh, the, the reporter, Mary Swindle, said that neither Mr or Mrs Romano believed in ghosts. On the other hand, there were some strange incidents which they couldn't explain. They'd heard what sounded like a chain being dragged across the floor uh, and that there was unusual sounds all through the house, but they attributed most of these to wind. Mm-hmm. Too much cabbage, I'd mm. say. <laughs> now, there was also Mrs. Romano recalled. Now, didn't they say in your story that, you know, they had their first report of a ghost and they were out of there? Yes. They weren't. Uh, she heard what was called, uh, sounded like organ music, but couldn't find out where it was coming from, which lulled her off to sleep. But there was somebody else that tracked down this music to the first level and noticed the sound was actually coming from the floor itself. When he walked outside, he realised it was originating from one of the neighbour's house and the noise was likely travelling through um, that area of the house. And if you think about the fact that there are passageways and tun- and tunnels yeah. and things that There's, would, you know... be funnelling sound from everywhere. Funnelling, yeah, funnelling sound through into the house. Now, there is also the fact that the neighbours, as soon as the Romanos moved in, were bashing at the door saying, did you know that there was a 13-year-old insane girl that was hanged by her father on the fourth floor? Oh, no. <laughs> That's just joyous and delightful, oh, isn't it? nothing like gossips. Mm. Uh, so as the stories of the haunting began to spread, um, they realised that they should open up the house 
for tours. Yes, as the, you do. The restaurant was not allowed to go ahead. I'm not quite sure why, but it never happened. So they've got to make money somehow or other. Mm-hmm. So they started to run some tours. And this is where it became Franklin Castle because it looked like a castle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't called Franklin Castle up to that. Now, let's talk about Karen. They had a babysitter that lived with them for a short time, the Romanos. Karen Dillon Brown was a family friend, and uh, they were arranging some books on an upper floor when an incident occurred. While moving these books, Karen was pushed by some unseen force down the stairs. Oh. And she was pretty banged up and moved out shortly afterwards, although she says that it had nothing to do with the fact she fell down the stairs. Nothing to do with it at all. Um, And this is where you could start a rumour. just popped into my head. Maybe she had a fight with a boyfriend and she got bashed up and she said, I fell down the stairs. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that happened, but this sort of stuff does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow or other, this incident got mixed up with the the servant girl story and became Karen, who was killed in the house Mm -hmm. many years earlier, Mm -hmm. like decades earlier. Mm -hmm. So some of the kids remember some incidents of doors opening and closing on their own, um, things like she'd be reading a book and she'd say, turn the page and the page would turn. Now, you can do that with books. If you get it at the right angle, you can make the the page turn by itself. I'm not saying that she's lying, but as a child, yeah, that might be the, the situation there. Mm-hmm. Um, DD's twin brother Jimmy heard footsteps moving across the upper floors when there was no one there. And eventually um, mum said, no more, you're not staying, you're not going up to third and fourth, thir- third and fourth floors anymore. It's all storage area. I don't want you kids running around up there. Now we've got weird people start to turn up at the house. Random people just start to uh, sneak onto the property to look for ghosts. Yeah, we're shaking our heads and the tut-tut voice is coming out because this disgusts us. Anyway, they had white witches, black witches, psychics, mediums. Oh, Jesus All of them wanted to come into the house. There was a man in a cape that showed up at the front door wanting to come in. Vampire? These total strangers (laughs) could not understand why they wouldn't be admitted. Why is it that people with a fascination of the paranormal think that it's their... Their right. Their right to enter a haunted location regardless regardless of who owns it, so they can study the paranormal and have an experience. Mm-hmm. No. No. That's, yes. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my hate. Anyway, apparently they used to have a little dog mm-hmm. that they took great delight in. The dog would go and chase them, and there was one person that was bitten on the butt by it. So I'm saying go the dog. There was even one woman who sent over a box of items to Mrs. Romano, hoping she could help find her missing child. Mrs. Romano. Mrs. Romano, because she lived in a haunted house. Yeah, so she could ask the ghosts, allegedly, can, oh. you know, can you find this child for this lady? Yeah. yeah that so makes Mrs. Sense. Mrs. Romano was a little bit into all of this sort of stuff, and she did invite the occasional newspaper reporter over and some legitimate paranormal investigators, one of these being Hans Holzer. Right. Now, I actually couldn't find his – I must not have his books on this particular case. Um, I do believe um, – I think Dave Schrader's group went in there. I know Ghost Adventures went in there. Um, but she got at one stage or other a, a group of seven students from John Carroll University to do a long-term study on the house. And she let them stay up on the third floor um, – with their bedroom on the fourth floor uh, and 
One day the students came back and found their rooms absolutely ransacked. They thought the Romano children had gone through it, which apparently they didn't. Uh, They discovered the passage that paralleled the ballroom, which I had talked about earlier. Uh, And then they found the treasures. Um, They found a photograph as well as an oil painting of a young lady holding a a basket of eggs. Now, when the Romano children saw this, they got very excited because they said, that's the girl. Ah, that they're seeing. That's the girl that they're seeing. The girl on the portrait was the same girl they'd seen on the fourth floor near the dumbwaiter service when they first moved in. And it was Hans's uh, and Louise's, uh, a photograph of Hans, Louise and August Tiedemann. That's the son. Well, I'm not sure if it's August is the girl or the boy. No, it's the son. Well, they said it was August anyway. Okay, that's weird. Um, maybe. Well, I mean, they did have the tradition of dressing up boys as girls in those days. Yeah, in the and frilly... having them long hair. Having, yeah, having long so hair. Yep. who knows. Mm. So unfortunately, the college students wrecked it by staying up late and making way too much noise. Mm-hmm. So they got booted. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they also brought in a tarot deck and a Ouija board that she had said, Mrs. Romano said, as long as you don't bring that stuff in, you're welcome. But um no, they only lasted a month. Uh, one of the other common phenomena there is that light bulbs were constantly burning out. I mean, that could be any reason. You don't know what, what caused that. There, one of the reports was that Mrs. Romano was driven out on the brink of madness, which is wrong. Uh, what actually happened was what we would call here in Australia a rezoning of schools, where they decided that... Um, uh, that Which, the area they were in would become a different school zone, mm-hmm. and she didn't. The the family didn't want them to go to the other school, mm-hmm. so they went. You know, stuff you will move. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why they moved. Then we have come in the um, Reverend Timothy Swope and Philip Shelton, who brought out the place to be some sort of religious place. And they needed to raise some money, so they started conducting tours, ghost tours within the house, even though they supposedly didn't believe it was haunted. One of the people that was running the tours there was Sam, and he said that he st- he saw a shadow figure, oh no, a light, shadowy light dash past, past him, we've got the hiccups now, on the stairs to the fourth floor. When he returned to the, the third floor, he gazed up the stairs to the fourth floor and saw the light coming back down. He claims that the light went straight through him, freezing him, and it stopped him in his tracks for about five seconds. Now, it was this Sam who's had the ghost experiences and is now running the tours there with, um, on behalf of the other two guys that discovered brittle human bones within the walls in an empty space. Two femurs and a partial pelvis. They were handed over to the coroner's office. They said they were very, very, very old bones. It was an incomplete skeleton. That makes me wonder why was there an incomplete skeleton in there? Uh, they said that they would have been around 65 to 67 inches tall. That's not very tall, is it? No. You'd know inches better than me because I'm a centimetre girl. Well, 65. um, Someone work it out. (laughs) 130 centimetres. That's not tall. I'm 170 something. I'm guessing. Um, I just double it. I always just double it. Uh, So it was actually thought that this person may have planted the bones to enhance the tours. Mm-hmm. They found no proof of it, mm-hmm. but um, they think that's what it is. Or remember Dr. Shirky, mm-hmm. that he may have an articulated skeleton for study or demonstration purposes mm-hmm. and it's just ended up in that, that space. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who may knows? have been left there in one of the corridors and rooms and the next person just thought, oh, we'll use it. Yeah. Now, Barbara Dremler was a freelance writer that came there and she was uh, supposedly encountered a menacing mist on the third floor, uh, which she walked into and then fainted away and came to. But when they actually looked at her notes and two published stories, she's never mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So we think that was a created story. Mm-hmm. Um, she does say that there was lights going on and off, rotating, rotate, rotating, rotating chandeliers, echoing footsteps and mystery voices, and that photography was hard in the castle because the cameras would suddenly stop working, or you would uh, find when it was developed that there would be oh, for the older people, or for the younger people listening, that we used to have to go get films developed. We didn't actually see it straight away, uh, and then in these photos would. Be misty areas, ghost-like figures and orbs, Mm -hmm. orbs. Cameras weren't allowed during tours, which Mm -hmm. is interesting, Mm -hmm. but you could book a special session to come in and, yeah. Now, there was a nurse that lived there during the 1930s when she was looking after a Cleveland attorney and she said that she heard dreadful noises like children crying, um, but the servants put it down to cats. Who knows? Uh, And I've got to get down to this other bit. There was somebody called Connie who said that during Halloween, the castle was rigged with buzzers and all sorts of things to make it a a public haunted house. Because they do that in America. They have these haunted houses where things would jump out at you and lights. And so for paranormal investigators, that's always a big red flag as soon as you have that sort of stuff going on. Um, Now, look, we have to introduce... um, uh, Where was Hans? Hans... Holzer came in and he said that, you know, you've got to be careful of the cold room. There was something wrong with the cold room and uh, also the ballroom. There was a student there, Eleonora Bernstein, who was a self-proclaimed psychic, um, who was also giving her opinion on it. And she is a very naughty girl. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Oh, no. What's so the self-proclaimed belly dancing psychic. Not mm. that there's anything wrong with being a belly dancing psychic. No. My belly dances without even having to try. So she claimed to see a woman upstairs in the window. She would occasionally go into trance in the middle of the night and wake up to find a story about a member of the Tiedemann family written on the type on the paper of her typewriter. She'd go into the courthouse and look up the records on the family. Much to her astonishment, the records seemed to match up with what she had written. That's astounding. So she claimed. Astounding. Nobody else saw the um, definitive proof on those, but I'm sure she did, apparently. Uh, Ellie Bernstein returned to the Franklin Castle. She was given a room and took up the duty of giving tours. And she continued to write about the stories. Bless her soul. In an article that appeared in the Cleveland Press on March 27 in 1980, Ellie claimed the ghosts of Hans Tiedemann was telling her about his life in the Franklin Castle. She claimed that he passed through her room on many occasions and referred to her as 
Anita. All of this she was writing in a book she planned to call The Haunting of Franklin Castle. In her journey, she told of how Tiedemann had gagged and tied his mistress, a a girl named Rachel, to a bed. He later shot her the day she was going to marry another man. Sounding all familiar. Mm -hmm. Ellie claimed that the walls of the room still echoed with the sounds of Rachel being choked and many people reported seeing a slender woman dressed in black. She also mentioned a rafter in one of the passageways that surrounded the ballroom and claimed that Hans Tiedemann hanged (coughs) an alleged daughter named Karen. Illegitimate daughter, sorry, named Karen, and after finding her in bed with one of his grandsons. Oh, she's become an illegitimate daughter now. Uh, Bernstein went on in the article to talk about the human bones that were discovered by Sam. She was convinced there was more in the backyard where she planned to excavate later that spring. Oh, that's so (laughs) bad. All from a self-proclaimed psychic. Yeah. So there's nowhere in this book, and it's okay to write this a story. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's kind of okay to write a story as long as you make sure that everyone understands that it is a fantasy. Yes. Yeah. So we're not writing anything real. But she believes it's real because the spirits are talking to her. Because she's special. Yeah. All right. According to the one of the authors, Creech, sorry if I get that wrong, Creechy, in uh, a Cleveland article, a Cleveland Press article, a self-proclaimed medium living in the home at the time told the press that the ghost of Tiedemann himself confessed his crimes to her, and it's all now become part of the house's mythology. It was entirely concocted by the medium. That's where all the stories of Tiedemann becoming a murderer came from. If you read letters from his daughter or look at the charitable things he was involved in, you can see that this man was a decent man. Mm. Yeah. This is horrifying. Yeah. It's really, really heartbreaking. And the thing is that all the family members are now gone, so there is no one to stand up and go, excuse me, but you're wrong. Yeah. And she, I saw photos of her and she's clutching this book to her chest like it's, you know, it's given to me by divinity. Mm. It's the ravings of a a sad woman. I'm Mm. sorry, but this is not truth. Mm. Mm. And I know that you found some of these truths as you were researching as well, Mm -hmm. and it almost galled you to have to report the history Mm -hmm. the way that you find it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank it's, those beautiful people who research the true history. Yeah. It's it's really soul destroying and I, I said this before to go through so much agony and pain and then um, be blamed for things that you didn't do while you were still alive. So part of it was while you were still alive, um, because they were already gossiping about him. Um oh, just because they were German. Yeah. It's it's just it's just heartbreaking. And you would think that if you're layering all this information onto a spirit, would that spirit become really angered I'd, or any paranormal investigator that came in there and started on with this rubbish, I would be scratching the bejesus out of them. Yeah. I'd be pushing <laughs> them downstairs. I would be making them pass out yeah. and be saying to them, This is not true. Yeah. This is my good name that yeah. I built with my family, which yeah. you are constantly destroying. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there could well be activity there. I think there, I think it could be haunted because there is a lot of tragedy there and there are quite a few reports of a woman in black. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... I, what I'm hoping is that the family that owns this place now shower it with love and look after it and give these souls some rest yeah. and, and peace and dignity and, and, and respect. And put the truth out there. Yeah, and put the truth out there. So yeah, good on the gentleman that um, set aside time to find them, yeah. yeah, find the evidence and kind of write history. So that story again, was uh, the book was by uh, Haunted Franklin Castle by William Krejci, K-R-E-J-C-I and William Myers. So... We'll put a link yeah. um, onto our fans page. Good work. And it was um, very well written. Mm. Very well written. But that brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, sorry, it was a big one, but um, we had to reveal the truth there. And I've sort of enjoyed going back to one of these sorts of stories mm-hmm. where we do uncover the truth. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed it, share it around, please. Make sure you head over to our YouTube channel and watch our Frightfully Good Misadventures as we travel around New Zealand. Uh, And our UK and Irish stuff is coming. It's been promised. And uh, would you go and investigate this house? No. No, neither would I. No. Out of respect. I would leave it in peace. Yep, me too. Thank you, people. Love is all. See See you on on the dark side. Remember to stay spooky and... Be frightfully good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.